Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know, I'm happy that you're here. Now, as you listen to the show, I know that that whole world word sales kind of puts some people into a tailspin. And I'm still offended at some of the sales training and sales behaviors that are being taught out there that are just icky. So we got to get away from that. So to help you on your journey of changing your mindset so that we actually show up for sales from a perspective of serving the client, right? Big mind shift um, there. I have a free gift for you. It's my free communication style assessment. You get two reports. One, spotlighting your natural communication superpowers. It's how people are perceiving you. Perception becomes our reality anytime we're having a conversation with a client or prospect. Flip side, you get a second report, which is your lowest score, which is typically one of our blind spots as it relates to communication. So you will get a report as to what that style uh, looks like or appreciates from a communication perspective. And that gives you a little bit of ammunition on how to flex into those styles that might not think or uh, behave the way you do. Now, my motivational quote today to set the stage for my conversation with my guest is by Elizabeth Kostova. And Elizabeth says, it's funny, in this area of email and voicemail and all those things, that it even that even I did not grow up with a plain old paper letter takes an amazing into uh, takes on amazing intimacy. So it really is funny. I know when I teach my clients about sales and I share how we didn't have computers, you know, or calendar systems forty years ago. We used the old fashioned fashion paper and pen uh, for taking notes for calendar. I actually had a paper calendar and my favorite is my follow-up tickler system. I had an A through, uh, January through, uh, December and I had a one through 31 day, 31 day Pentaflex that I kept my follow-up and my leads in on an index card with my handwritten notes. So on the, on the flip side, this handwritten fr- framework allowed me to become very personal very quickly with my prospects and clients because those handwritten notes, those follow up letters helped me stand out because I was able to personalize every correspondence. So I know you're thinking to yourself, what the heck is she talking about? Handwritten correspondence in a digital world? Well, guess what? Of course, today I have a guest. His name is Rick Elmore. Now, Rick is an entrepreneur, sales and marketing expert, and former college and professional football athlete. As the founder and CEO of Simply Noted, Rick developed a a proprietary technology that puts real pen and link to paper to scale handwritten communication. I'm intrigued. I hope you are as well. Rick, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I love it because you're clearly younger than I am, Rick. And the funniest thing uh, when I now when I train, right, I have younger people coming through my training and I'll say something like, oh, yeah, we used to calculate interest on on an account via a calculator. They look horrified. (laughs) Like, how would you even begin to do that? Right. So this whole world of automation, it's it's beautiful in so many ways. And in others, we really are losing that intimacy. And I don't mean that in a Mm. weird way, but that intimacy of getting to know our clients so much faster. Mm. So. What did you do for a living before this, before coming to an entrepreneur? I know you're an athlete, but what did you do before this? Yeah, so I, I played football basically my whole life, um, college, NFL, I was in the NFL for three years, but then I got done, I got into the corporate world, um, really was kind of lost, you know, as an athlete, that's your life for so long. So when I got done, it kind of felt like a part of me died. 
um, because I thought I was going to play sports forever. But uh, eventually you have to hang up the cleats and the shoulder pads and the helmet and do something else. And uh, looked at re- really a lot of the other my peers did after life after sport, and they got into competitive corporate medical device sales. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it, it, the correlation between like that that type of sale and like the competitive athletic environment are very close. Like it's very stressful, it's very rewarding, um, challenging. Like you, you're you're doing something different every single day. You're competing, kind of like a team, like locker room kind of aspect to it as well. So it was a really cool natural next fit for me. I worked for Stryker, uh, which was like number three or four medical company in the world at the time, like been around forever. I was in the orthopedic spine division. So I was like, <laughs> within like four months of being employed, I was telling like orthopedic and neurospine doctors like what to do in surgery. I thought that was just wild. You know, these doctors who went to school for 12 years um, and then now are listening to this little kid. Well, I would say little, I'm six, five, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was wild. So I did that pretty, pretty uh, successfully for a few years. Uh, I basically just took everything that I was good at as an athlete and all the intangible skills, you know, hard work, passion, desire, perseverance, strength, grit, you know, all that stuff that just you can learn it over time, I guess. But it's just like something you can apply to everything. Uh, was rookie of the year my first year. Um, and then my next six years of medical device sales, either top one percent or top five uh, sales rep in the company and it was just really desire passion perseverance strength hard work that got me there you know really obsessed with getting better every single day like the athlete way um, always wanted to improve wanted to learn um, and i think that if anybody can take anything from this and take it early on from this podcast if you can just instill those those intangibles into anything that you do you're going to get better your life's going to get better your your career is going to get better but um yeah after about six years i just i was not happy with it you know i really saw myself like if i followed the corporate ladder um my family is very important to me and i saw you know my managers and executives were never home they were on the road um and that was nothing i ever wanted to do and i just there's an itch there i was just like I'm, i'm having all this success and i just wasn't happy with it so i went back and did my mba and I can go into how I got into Simply Noted, but my my um, MBA was what really ignited my uh, passion for entrepreneurship and helped me get Simply Noted started. So it's so fascinating. And there's just so many things I want to say based on just that intro. My son, I have two boys, they're 23, 26. My 26-year-old always wanted to be 6'5". He lands it just <laughs> over. Isn't that hilarious? I'm like, too yeah. hard to find clothes, dude. But yeah. the funny thing, he's, over, he's well over 6'3". So he okay. he almost made it there. My nice. kids played hockey. They were both goalies. Great and my sport. older son, yeah, it's a great sport. It's, it's great to watch. Yeah. It's tough. Yes. Yeah. And they were goalies. And my older son played through uh, college. And it, this is what's fascinating. And especially if there's, um, you know, the younger folks listening, your experience through life, you know, your mm-hmm. high school and your college with your extracurricular is probably even more important, yeah. I think, when you get into interviewing than the actual, you know, I have a degree in. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because when my kids started interviewing, obviously, after they graduated college, they were asked questions about the sports. And which I think was important because they were able to talk to life skills, right? Teamwork, how important that is. Respect for self, respect for team, respect for Mm -hmm. a coach. All of those pieces of the puzzle. And you said that beautifully before the perseverance, the competitiveness all translates now over to their work career. And 
I giggle because, you know, obviously I've been in business. Well, I've been in business 21 years, but I've been in the corporate world for 40. And so seeing them starting out, Rick, I'll tell you, it's fascinating because their bosses are saying to them, you know, I know, I know you're competitive. So you're always the first one to the finish line. You always have the most calls. You always have the most customer, whatever interactions. But I think it's because of that competitive nature of the sports. So I get that when you graduated, you're like, like what now, what do I do? And thank goodness you found an industry that had that competitive edge, but also that learning of the work ethic that you talked about. So really well said. And I hope especially the younger listeners heard that because you really can achieve anything if you have the right disciplines for yourself in how you show up in the world. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that's a beautiful inspiration. Um, you being an athlete for uh, the younger generation that listens. So thank you for that beautiful way to start the show. Thank so you. now let's talk about the transition. Uh, one other thing, when you went for your MBA, you said the entrepreneurship. You, know, you have to remember years ago, there wasn't you know curriculum around entrepreneurship, right? You had the basics, accounting, business administration, business management. And that was pretty much it. So now that we have, think about it, entrepreneurship or, or the small business owner, we're yeah. the back phone, especially of this country of the United yeah, States. Really so is. it really is so that, of course, there should be curriculum to help people understand all the components of running a business, not just yeah. being within a business. So yeah. let's talk about. So thank you for sharing that as well. How did you transform from being that athlete to being successful, um, you know, with the medical uh, industry, the medical parts, whatever the body parts, uh, specifically the spine? How did you become a successful entrepreneur? Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about the NBA. Here's another little golden nugget for your listeners, especially people in their twenties and early thirties. You know, it wasn't a class, you know, that taught me to be an entrepreneur. It was me constantly obsessing about trying to find my path, trying to find my journey, trying to find something that, you know, really lit my heart on fire. I just knew there was something else out there for me. And this is how simply noted, came around. I was in a marketing class and I took two, two, three and a half hour classes each semester. Um, I'd work all day. We would start class at five. Um, we wouldn't get done until like 11, 1130, um, once a week. And I was in this three and a half hour marketing class. And, uh, the professor was talking about all the success rates in marketing and everything was super nominal. And I don't know if he did this on purpose, but you know, you know how people usually leave that like big aha thing for the last moment, right. To prove their point. But he was like, emails, super small, direct mail, cold calling, knocking doors. And then at the end of this three hour lecture and my brain's just mush, you know, trying to remember all these stats, write everything down thinking he's going to test us on it. He says something that is so profound. Um, that just made so much sense to me that, he said that, hey guys, you know what happened or works better now more than ever is a good old fashioned handwritten note. It has a 99% open rate. Nobody receives them anymore. Nobody's competing in the mailbox. And it's a great way for you to stand down and separate yourself from the crowd. And I just thought that was such a no brainer. But at the time, I was in medical sales. So I was working in the dental industry. I had 400 clients in my territory. And I was just like, how the heck am I going to sit down and write 400 handwritten notes? Uh, my wife and I, it took us two weekends to send out Christmas cards to our list. And we literally would just handwrite the envelope, which looked like like garbage. And then we put a, a printed Christmas card in it. And it took us two weekends before kids, before kids. And now we have kids. And there's no way we could ever do that now. 
So I got to work. I was like, man, there's some good ideas here. You know, how can we take the, you know, year 2017, 2018 technology? There has to be something out there that can help me do this. So really what I did is I bought a really bad actually like pen plotter from China. <laughs> it took me about a month to figure out these pen plotters are just little drawing tools. So you can hold a pen and use like a software that it really poorly mimics handwriting. But this is where my entrepreneurial seizure moment. So the, the idea came from just putting myself in a position to, you know, allow knowledge to come to me. That was at the MBA, right? I was seeking, I was trying to put myself in a new, um, you know, area, right? Constantly try to grow by putting yourself in new, new situations, had the idea for the handwritten notes. And then I got this pen plotter and I sent 500 handwritten notes and it took me like over a month because it was so slow. There was no paper feed. I had no idea what I was doing. It broke. I had to redo it all the time. Um, and from those 500 handwritten notes I had, and I, I sent them out to doctors. I didn't work with in my territory. I had 28 doctors call me back, which was very rare as a sales rep. If your client's calling you, you're doing something right. And these doctors were like, Hey Rick, like, first off, thanks for this handwritten notes. Like, that's cool. Nobody does this anymore. Um, this, this sounds really cool. Like, let's book a lunch and talk more about it. And my commit or my, my quote at the time was about $50,000 a month. Um, I sold about $280,000 in new business, like new, which is any business. If you bring in new dollars, that's a very important versus bringing in and just farming your current business. Yep. Got $20,000 in commission. Like my, my, I was ex exploded with like nuclear excitement, like the A-bomb, like entrepreneurial seizure moment went off. I was like, I knew this was going to work. Like, I'm going to figure out a way to make this a business. It's extremely valuable. And <laughs> you know how they say ignorant is bliss. Like if I knew what was going to, you know, what it was going to take to get this business off the ground, you know, I started a robotic software industrial automation company with a sales and athletic background. So <laughs> it's been a constant uphill battle, but I, I would not trade this this journey, you know, for anything else in the world. You know, the four and a half years I've been doing this full time, it's worth 40 years of being in a, a corporate career. Just all the knowledge, the self-reliance, you know, fixing all the problems, growing, you know, in business, you know, being able to manage your own fears, your own like anxiety, the, all the pressure that's put on your shoulders, right? You just, you mature and grow so fast at becoming an entrepreneur. And um, it's just been a great journey. It's so funny. Here's the thing. I'm laughing because you like the robotics. I'm lucky I can use Facebook and mm -hmm. LinkedIn. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just fascinating because there, no matter what we're trying to learn, you didn't know it. You're trying to learn it. It's a struggle. Some things are more complex than other. Don't get me wrong. Like robotics, that was complex what you were jumping into. Mm -hmm. But that you see, this is this is my favorite thing about the show sometimes where I hear a story like that and you're sitting in this benign marketing class that you need for the MBA. Mm -hmm. You've worked all day. You're pooped, right? You want to go yeah. home and have dinner. Yeah. And you have this light bulb moment about what did he just say? And how can yeah. I use that? That's, that's inspiring, but that also gives hope to people. I think that you never know when you're going to have that divine that's, download of I, like, holy crap, there's something no, here, right? I share this story all the time. And I'm, thank you for repeating that and acknowledging that because that's what I want to share about my story is that I know everybody out there is 
is trying to find, you know, what lights their heart on fire. You know, they're not happy in their current job or they want to do something else. And the only way that you create your future is constantly seeking a better future. And that's what you got to do. You got to go out and get it. You got to go out and take it, right? You got to go meet new people, help people, be a person. Yeah. Be a person of knowledge, be a person of, of, you know, be a helper, you know, don't be a taker, be a giver, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, before you know it, you know, the stars will align. And sometimes it, it, which is weird, like you can't get mad. Like it will happen faster for others for whatever reason, you know, the maybe some nepotism, they may know more people, they may know the right person, but if you constantly are seeking it, you're constantly chasing it, it's going to come. And that's the mind game. Like that you're, you you have to strengthen your mind. You know, you gotta have that discipline to keep pushing, even when you feel like the sky's falling, like just mitigate your risk. Make sure you don't get overwhelmed, you know, control your mind, control your thoughts, you know, say your affirmations every morning. If you have to, like it, it's yeah. that willpower is a, a real thing and you can will yourself to success as long as you stay consistent. But the thing is you will yourself to success because you're doing all good habits. You're giving, mm-hmm. you're helping, you're sharing, you're thinking, you're growing, right? Going for the MBA, taking online classes, even if it's not an MBA, it doesn't have to be even anything that's structured, but you're constantly learning. You're constantly seeking new information, applying that information into yep. your life to say, oh, that made that easier. And then it's like the next stone appears itself. Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe you can do this and then maybe you can do this. And all of a sudden you have a business. But yep. you, if you didn't take that first step of of learning something new, those, those stones or those steps do not become illuminated because you're, you're not on the right path. And everybody's, well, what's the right path? You said it beautifully. There is no right path. No, your path is your right path. As long as you keep moving forward. And what you just said too, it doesn't have to be structured. I've learned more from podcasts and YouTube than I've ever learned from any structured school system whatsoever. And the great thing as you get older, like if you're constantly learning, it's just about skill stacking. And I don't know if this is on the video, but you have to stack your skills as you get older. And that's how you create yourself more value for yourself. And that's how you get more money, I guess, because you become more valuable. Like there's a great Elon Musk quote, and I don't know if people like him or not, but he I says, love him personally. Yeah, I just like him because it's like, you know, how aggressive he goes after his goals and how he just yep. constantly just bets all in on it. But um, he says something, uh, you get paid directly for the, the, the types of problems you solve or how hard the problems you solve. Like, so like become somebody that is so knowledgeable and so skilled that you demand you know, you have so much value, demand more monetary outcomes, right? You know, versus being somebody who doesn't want to get better, you know, kind yeah. of just goes through the day, hoping, you know, waiting for the the five o'clock, you know, in the day to get there. Like, so I was like, there's another quote, it's like, um, you'll get paid more. What is it? Like you, I forget what it is, but it's like, um, do more now. And then later you'll get paid more for doing less. I forget what it is. Like, it's true though. Yeah. It's true. Like 100%, I said, especially when you're young. Yeah, it, you have to just pedal to the metal, man. You got to yeah. work hard. You got to yeah. show up. You got to build that authority, but you have to build your reputation. You have to build your network. You're yeah. when you graduate high school, college, it doesn't matter. You're starting with nothing. So mm-hmm. how do you build that every day? Show up every day. That's your path. Put that yep. next foot forward, learn something new, what you learn, apply it to the organization you're working for. There is no magic wand or magic pill that we all take. The other thing I'm laughing at as you're talking, Rick, um, you know, people, oh, they were an overnight sensation. Mm-mm. That one's an overnight sensation. It takes That's 10 a- years. <laughs> it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. It really exactly. does. I told so, my wife when I started this, I was like, give me 
Actually, even funnier, I told I have a co-founder here. He came, I, he moved out from California to start this business with me. And I, we laugh all the time. I was like, give me 100 days, 100 days, and I'll get this going. And it's like, we're almost at the year five. We're just laughing. We still laugh about it all the time. It's like, this is going to take 10 years. <laughs> it, it, but it does 10 years to become yeah. an overnight success. Yeah. The thing though, is the trajectory is there and learning is important. I think, yeah. and this is, and then I'm going to ask my next question, but I, I just want to share one more thing. I want to say it was a, a Gallup poll they did uh, fairly recently. And it was like 73% of Americans hated their job. And of those percentage that hated their job, 80%, they, it was because of their boss. So the when you're trying to be innovative and bring something new and your boss shuts you down and shuts you down, how miserable is that? Yeah. So you're even trying to learn and grow. And it's like, yeah, no, we don't want you to do that. So leaders that are listening, be mindful. Young people that are listening, find your voice, advocate for yourself, show up, man. Because also develop you, thick skin. And develop... Yeah, that is so true too, right? It's never personal. It's just, you got to keep moving forward. All right. So next question, let's talk about the actual business now about the handwriting, but wait, you know what this we're, we're, we still have time, but Rick, this is so important because you, you, there, there are every day people are graduating. So you have all these new people coming into the marketplace and we need inspiring stories like you because you're still a young guy. We need those inspiring stories for people not to feel like this is it. This is all I got. Like this is the rest of my life. No, it's not the rest of your life, but you have to put the time in. You have to learn, right? It's it's all about that experience and growing. Mm-hmm. So thank you for, for being inspiring. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. Really, let's talk about the business now because it is so freaking cool. And the whole handwritten thing, right? That's my generation. Let's talk about the business and, and how you're growing it and discovering new clients and that it, it is a needed solution out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's simply noted is we're a handwritten notes platform. Um, like we're talking about earlier, like day one, we started with the pen plotter and quickly found out that that was not going to be a viable solution. Like when I start something, I don't like half, but it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to say bad words yes, on here, I but. FSA. But I have big, uh, I have big uh, ambitions and aspirations, and I've always, you know, if I'm going to put energy into something, I'm going to go all the way. Um, I'm not going to, you know, Love not, it. yeah. So uh, we really quickly found out about two years into this, um, you know, we were putting all this effort in, and we were like losing big deals because like the technology wasn't good enough. Um, we couldn't do the production speeds; they took forever to get loaded. The machines broke down all the time. Um, and we were forced into building our own handwriting robot. So this is another thing. I never knew I was going to have to become a, an engineer, you know, product developer, go into, um, you know, injection molding, iterative and add, add uh, iterative and subtraction, um, whatever you call it. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. Production. Yeah. So oh. it's like we're constantly. Yeah. So I've been forced and pushed so far outside my comfort zone, which has allowed me to grow and become a better version of myself. But um, we just spent the last two and a half years building our own handwriting robot. We've invested over eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars of uh, net earnings from our business back into this. We have no loans. Again, I've God bless no loans, no debt, no investors, completely customer funded. So nice. I when people say they can't do it because they don't have money, I didn't have money. I didn't, I don't come from a background where my parents could get, they, all my parents gave me was love and support. They couldn't give me money, which that to me, Priceless. Is it is. Priceless yes, mom and dad. Thank you. Yeah, it really is. But, um, uh, 
They believed in me, which helped me believe in myself. I started this on a $10,000 0% interest credit card for 12 months. And you can go to any bank and give you that as long as you have over 700 credit score, credit card. which, mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> fast forward now. You know, yeah. And fast forward now, you know, we we have Amex bills every single month that are fifteen, sixty thousand $60,000. So you got to start small. You got to have the dream. You got to try to solve that problem every single day. Um, there's an answer to every single problem you're having. And like we said earlier, you're not going to learn this in school. You're going to learn this by the hard knocks of life. Yep. You're going to try, you're going to fail. You're going to learn. You're going to try, you're going to fail. You're going to learn. You're going to have to self-educate on YouTube, Coursera, Linda, um, podcast. You're going to have to network, ask questions. Um, and that's all I did. I, I interviewed 14 different engineering firms because I was so scared to make the wrong decision. Sure. We went through 14 phase zeros. We spent $50,000 and this was in, you know, a few years in the business. So we had money saved up, but we spent $50,000 just on consultations just to like, Hey, this is what we want to do. Tell us how you think you would do it. And I literally just would take this person's, you know, recommendation and take it to this person and say, Hey, here you go. What do you think about this? How would you do it? You know, all I would re- remove was the, the money part of it and who the company was. And I just kept, you know, pinging it back and forth between all these companies until I found somebody who built a, you know, who proposed a better mousetrap at a better price. And we, we got to work. But, um, I think if you are consistent enough and you're, you're excited enough and you're patient and you can handle, figure out how to handle stress, <laughs> that's a real part of being an entrepreneur. You can really push yourself to, to be successful in business. But yeah, simply notice a handwritten notes business. Um, I believe we're the second largest provider in the world now. What we're doing, that's um, cool. we're doing about 10,000 handwritten notes a day. Um, we're the only company in the world that's built its own handwriting robot. Um, we have six pending patents. That's another thing. I never thought I was going to be licensing a patent, um, three design, three utility. Um, we build our own pens. Like, like it, this has become so much more because of how much I obsess about it. Like I want to be so good at what this is. So objectively, we are the best option for everybody. Subjectively, people will, you know, some people like Apple, some like Samsung, but if you want to go down like line for line for line, I want to be the objectively best option. So, but subjectively, people will choose what they want to choose, you know, but um, yeah, we're really excited. You know, we're four and a half years into this. We're really just, the wind's really starting to hit our sails. We're trying to help people build better relationships in business, open more doors, retain more clients, increase lifetime value. And it really just starts with, it uh, starts and ends with the relationship. Um, you know, in the nineties, you know, I was born in 88. Um, I, I grew up without a cell phone. Um, handwritten notes were a part of my life growing up. Sure. Sure. And I think for my generation forward, maybe not my generation backwards, you know, anybody in 30s and older will appreciate this service because a handwritten note is something that they understand the value of. And um, there's just nothing else like it today. You know, year 2000 to 2022 is the digital revolution. You know, we went from basically web one to web two, yeah. um, all social, LinkedIn, you know, that type of stuff. Now we're going to the AI revolution. Which is going to take over and basically destroy, you know, I mean, it's going to help our economy in some ways, but take away a lot of jobs. Absolutely. But I, I, I mean, mark my words, you know, five years from now, a service like this is going to matter more five years from now than it does matter today because people are are getting so disconnected. Absolutely. Um, People are craving connections. People 
uh, are so inundated with digital. I mean, I get a headache like from all my emails and notifications. It's it's a disturbance. It's an annoyance. It is. And when you get something in the mail that's handwritten, you're just like, what what is all this new again? Like you're excited. You're like, well, who who sent me this? You know, it's like an experience, and and that that gets buried deep in your brain. You know, and you remember that's that. That's the thing. I think it's the experience that we we either don't have anymore. Uh, I can't tell you the last time I got a card, you know, maybe your birthday or Christmas or something like mm-hmm. that. But beyond that, we don't get any handwritten anythings. Um, a lot of times I'll have po- people who come on the podcast or colleagues that I do something for, I help them out with something. They'll send a lovely handwritten note because they want me to know that my efforts were extra specially appreciated. Mm-hmm. So t- it goes down to that. But why can't we let our clients and our prospects know that we appreciate and love them before they even become clients, perhaps? Yeah. Um, and that handwritten note could be the difference. The other thing you said that I want to emphasize the word patience I think we're always in this rush. We are the immediate, right? Everything is immediate gratification. It's dangerous because that's more transactional and how we look at things. And I think we need from, from the business perspective, we have to go from that transactional and go to that long game because for me, it has always been about the relationship, but I don't think humans have not changed in the past mm-hmm. 40 years, right? That I've been working. So I think that human connection is even more important now because you look at the Facebooks and the LinkedIn's, we have become less social. And then you have COVID on top of that. So now we were isolated that I feel the disconnection has become really like this, yeah. this huge crevasse in, in you know, almost in a, a mountainous area where there's what's the bridge, what's going to get us back to those, that personalization. Yeah. We're almost out of time, but I do want to talk about the stats because this is fascinating. So you had put that 99, you get a 99% acceptance rate and a Open 2% rate. conversion rate on those high ticket offers using this methodology. Uh, can you talk about that? Because that numbers don't lie on the back end, right? The results. Yeah, I would think the conversion rate's a lot higher. I don't know um, if that was a typo, but 99% open rate. You just think if you get a handwritten note in the mail with a real forever stamp, you know, are you going to throw that away? No, you're not. Um, there's plenty of studies online, including Harvard Business Reviews. Um, we even have our own personal study where we sent out a printed envelope versus a handwritten envelope and a QR code inside. And we put money inside said, here's, you know, $10, just scan the QR code and let us know you got this. We're testing an open rate case study. And the the open rate for the print was around 36 or 37%. And the handwritten was 90, it was like over 99%. It was like 99.2 or 3%. So think about that, right? So first off, if you can get in front of your client 99% of the time, how is that going to affect your business? How is that going to help your business? Um, the most personal thing you can do with somebody is sit down with them face to face and give them your time. But unfortunately, you can't do that with everybody, especially as you get older. Um, it's impossible. You have a family, you have kids. Like I turn down, people want to go grab happy hour and dinners. I can't. I have a three and a five-year-old. That's the night routine, right? It's very important as a parent to be there for that. Sure. Um, and then if you think about just the, you know, the leaky bucket syndrome as a sales rep, we all know what that is, right? Client churn, constant client churn. You know, how would your business, how, and, and you can pull up the stats are not in front of me, but you know, but I think it's, if you increase your client uh, uh, retention rate by 25%, like your business can grow like over 95% year over year. I mean, if you think about that, like your big accounts, right? How, by just keeping your current clients happy, right? Build a relationship, say, thank you, right? Send them a birthday card, send them a holiday card, stay top of mind in a personal way. Do something your competitors aren't doing because they're not doing it because they're lazy. They're not taking the time to do it. 
Um, so build that relationship. And we always say like, there's way more ROI in saying thank you. And I always laugh because I get all these realtors who use our service to say, hey, we want to buy your house at X address. Like that's like an eye roll, throw it in the trash. But, you know, what about like a realtor just saying, hey, I'm the realtor in your neighborhood, you know, I'd love to buy you coffee sometime, right? Build a relationship, you know, something like that. Open the door with something that is like, again, giving versus asking or taking, right? So we're really trying to turn the world on its head. Like it's really hard to go from a taker because you're always asking in business. You're asking for the sale. You're asking for the contract, right? And how are you like, how are you going to build that long-term success and play the long game? And I hate it because I was in corporate. You have to win today. If you don't, you're going to get fired. Like I get it. But, you know, how can you maintain that level of success and build those relationships? So five years in your business, you're not constantly trying to chase, you know, new clients, fill that leaky bucket. My wife, I mean, I learned this from my wife. My wife's in fundraising and she is an amazing, amazing person at building relationships. Um, She's been doing fundraising for the University of Arizona for about 12 years. And like her business is like now an autopilot because people love her so much. They tell their friends to come work with my wife. So, but that, because she shows empathy, she shows interest, she shows appreciation. She says, thank you. She's a giver. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? And she doesn't even have to go ask for business anymore. Like it comes to her. So I challenge people to think about that, regardless if you use a service like this, how do you go from asking and taking to being a giver, you know, being someone who cares, shows empathy, you know, and I, I guarantee you, I've seen it with my wife. Like I see it first class, first person, whatever it works. And uh, that's what we try to sell here. Yeah. Be human. And because humans have not changed. Right. Um, It's true. It's funny. As you were describing that I was giggling because I've been in business 21 years and um, I live off referrals (laughs) Mm -hmm. because, you know, I do the whole digital thing and I have my email list and all of that, but I live off referrals, Rick, because Mm -hmm. I and and my clients, like one of my clients has been with me 15 years. I've been in business 21. It mm-hmm. you show up, you do, and then you do, but you get results on the back end, right? Proof is mm-hmm. in the pudding. So mm-hmm. then it, you know, at the end of the year when we do contracts, it's not, are you hiring me again? It's hey, give us some numbers. This is the number of people, these are the classes we want you to come and teach. You know, what's that going to cost us? Have you raised your prices since last year? Have you raised your price? Like they asked me. <laughs> So it's just, but why they trust me. They know I'm not going to rip them off. They know that next year I'm going to come in and I'm going to deliver at an exponential level. And Oh, by the way, I become friends with my clients. We do go out to dinner. You know, Mm -hmm. we, my my husband meet their husbands and kids and what have you. So it's personal. And, And something you said before you get a thick skin. When someone says no to you or rejects your idea, rejects your, it doesn't want to buy from you. Yeah. It's not personal, man. It's business. It's just the I timing's just think it's off. No, not right now. Like I it's still just, follow up. No, not right now. Yes. <laughs> but, but the reality is yeah. the end of the day, it's human to human. You have to build that no like trust factor. And for me, the big word is trust and respect that we have to show up in business. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget that, that we, you know, look what's happening on LinkedIn, Rick. It's, it's appalling to me. You, you know, somebody goes, Oh, we have a lot in common. Let's connect. I see I have other people in connection. I click yes. And then it's, I'm an HR director. I'm blah, 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 and this is what I could do for you. Block. I don't ever want to yeah. hear from them again. Yeah. That is offensive to me because you don't even know if I need an HR or, mm-hmm. or digital, whatever. Right. So we vomit on people instead of building those relationships. We function yep. with humans. You got to act like a human. So yeah. here's the deal, peeps. You know, it's coming. 
you need to connect with Rick, of course. So go to his website, which is, and by the way, I love the name, Rick, uh, simplynoted.com, right? We make everything complicated. So this is just simply noted. If you have a question for Rick, uh, email him at rick at simplynoted.com. And on the website, Rick, the, if there's a link for them uh, to get a free card so they kind of get a vibe of what you're about, the coupon code is the number one and then free in caps, F-R-E-E. I will mm-hmm. put that in the show notes as well. Do you want to talk about the free card or anything, Rick? Before Yeah, we... you can just well, uh, check out. You can just use one free, but I would recommend, I don't know if you can see this because I use this. Yes, we'll, that's we'll, perfect we'll, right there. Mm-hmm. We'll send a free sample kit with a bunch of samples inside of it. So it's kind of terrible because of my beautiful. camera. That's but I recommend you just go and request a sample kit. And this is what happens. People get it and then that's when they have their light bulb moment. Then they call us and say, Hey, this is what we want to do. I love or if it. it's in, or what happens all the time is they'll get it now. And then like three months later or five months later, they'll come back and say, Hey, I got this. We have a project we want you to help us with. So I'm it. not saying uh handwritten notes is the thing that's going to fix or solve any business, but I, what I'm trying to you know teach people, at least, you know, the people I'm mentoring is that you got to have a bunch of tools in your belt. And this is just one tool in your belt. Um, you're going to have to have an email tool, a marketing tool, an SEO yep. tool, an outbound tool, you know, yep. this is and a, a real Yeah. And a great product. You, you got to have integrity. You got to have accountability. You got to have a good product, but you know, that's just to get started, but to be successful and grow, you got to have all these tools, but really think about how you are being different, how you're building those relationships, how you're maintaining those relationships. Um, we all can get better, including me. I run a business that does this and I'm constantly, you know, falling behind, you know, but you have to be accountable to yourself, be kind to yourself. No, it's okay. You're gonna make mistakes. You're not gonna be perfect, right? but you have to keep trying and you have to keep trying to get better. And, um, if you keep doing that, it's all going to work out in the end. It absolutely beautifully said. Thank you for that. And this is a great way to end the show, Rick. Thanks for being on. I wish you nothing but uh, continued success. Thank I'm you. loving it because this is an old school vibe, but I think it it's going to be a pattern interrupt for a lot of us mm-hmm. out there with all of this digital stuff, right? All mm-hmm. of a sudden to get those handwritten notes. I, I just, I'm loving it. So thank you so much for being on, sharing your story. And I, I just so much love to you and, and wishing you a ton of success. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for being on. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover together, no matter where you are in your career, business, your journey, right in life. I hope between my guests and I that we provide some good strategies, ideas and tips that you can implement immediately. Rick gave us several things, several of his things that he's done to become successful and continue to be successful and challenge himself. Take one of those ideas, get the free gift, see if it's something that would work for your business, right? Because it might not work for your business, but you got to try, you got to explore it. So take advantage. He's being very generous with, um, with you guys. So thank you again, Rick. Thank you all for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I truly wish you an inspired week. Please take a tip, put it into action. And man, oh man, when we start taking information and using it to our advantage and leveraging it to our advantage, magic happens. That's my promise to you. Thanks for tuning in. I love you all. And I'll see you next week. Have a great one. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.